You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Greetings and welcome inside Hour 2 of The Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith and Doug Gottlieb in for Dan today. Uh, Denny Hamlin is stopping by coming up in about 20 minutes. NASCAR driver who, let's face it, yesterday President Trump had some big things to say about NASCAR and the whole Bubba Wallace situation and and the Confederate flag as well before he went on to talk about the Washington Redskins nicknames, the Cleveland Indians nicknames. Uh, So Denny Hamlin's going to stop by coming up in 20 minutes, so a must-listen there uh, as we get into that with him. But a breaking story in the NFL this morning that revolves around Eagles wide receiver Deshaun Jackson. Uh, This story is a couple hours old now, and it's starting to uh, really gain a lot of traction momentum. Uh, As Deshaun Jackson's under fire and has had to apologize, saying that he doesn't hate the Jewish community after he posts some some anti-Semitic messages. Now, he shared a couple of different quotes on social media that he attributed to both Adolf Hitler and Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan. Uh, On the Instagram story feed for Hitler, he put up a quote that he attributed to Hitler, which said, quote, white Jews will blackmail America. They will extort America. Their plan for world domination won't work if the Negroes know who they were. He also went on to quote from Louis Farrakhan as well, whom the Anti-Defamation League and Southern Poverty Law Center have identified as anti-Semitic. After he got criticism about this, Deshaun Jackson uh, said, hey, listen, my posts were taken the wrong way. Quote, anyone who feels I have hate towards the Jewish community took my post the wrong way. I have no hatred in my heart toward no one. Equality, equality. And then he had some uh, raised fist emojis in multiple colors. The Eagles have not yet commented on Deshaun Jackson and these media posts. Doug, this is something that's new, and we're seeing this, and it's, it's shocking to see this. Why is it no, shocking? Well, it, it, it's shocking to see somebody decide, I'm going to put up a post where I'm going to reference reference World War II or 9-11 to make a point. I mean, there's there's certain things in, in my life I go, okay, I can, tell you, I can tell you one thing, that if you want to make a point about something, using World War II, Adolf Hitler, using 9-11, those are two sure ways to either get fired or suspended, uh, and that 100%, I have seen that across the board. I don't understand why people continuing to go to, go to things like that say, so I'm going to make my point with that. I don't get it. I, I, I don't get why people would – I don't get why he would put up a post that is attributed to Adolf Hitler. I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. I mean, really, that just, that's just uh, – that, that's what you want to do? I, I, I don't understand. No, I, I'm, I'm with you there. The idea – it's not a new idea that, that – that Hitler hates Jews or that Louis Farrakhan hates Jews or that black people can be racist as well. <laughs> like, these are not new. I- these are not new ideas. Um, I-, I would, I would only tell you that I, I have the, like it's, it's uh what was it? Riley, um, Riley Cooper, Riley Cooper, right? Mm-hmm. Like I-, I I'd like to believe, I know people related to Riley Cooper. I'd like to believe that he is not, he is not racist, that, he was, but man, we can only take him at his word. Um, and his word was he dropped the N bomb with the ER, which I don't know. I don't know anyone who drops that and is, isn't racist. Um, the same goes for Deshaun Jackson. I, I don't know what to do with it. Like I, I he's an idiot, uh, but I, you know, Deshaun Jackson's the same guy who, you know, when he got ran out of Philadelphia, the first time when he got ran out of Philadelphia, um, People want to know why. And, you know, Chip Kelly had it leaked that he thought he was maybe he wasn't a gangbanger, but he's hanging out with gangbangers was was his thing. Like, I just think that Deshaun Jackson's not that smart. 
I just think I think he probably he 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 thought he was you know showing people that I, I don't know what he was doing, but none of this is groundbreaking to me. Like if you're Jewish, you felt this for a long time. You know there are people that don't like you, and you do know that there's the reality that there are. There are uh, black people who are anti-Semitic. There are other white people that are anti-Semitic. Um, and, you know, you you kind of deal with it. The apology is terrible. I like, you know, I, I love all people. Like, no, you don't. Not based upon that. Not only based no. upon the quote, but based upon who you picked out for the quotes. Yeah. Like, not, you can't I, you can't pick I, Hitler and then go. No. Right. But I also I just I also would I give him a little bit of a pass because Deshaun Jackson doesn't strike me as somebody who is super worldly and. And maybe understood it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I've always heard Deshaun Jackson's a sneaky, sneaky bad guy, super talented. He's in the league because he's got great speed. And that doesn't surprise me. Nothing. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it's it's, you know, part of it is I always go back to the, the Herm Edwards quote. Uh, before he became head coach at Arizona State, and he, when he was Don't giving a big, head. yeah, the, the big symposium he gave to NFL players. I'm going to invent a new phone. I want you all to buy it. And it's going to have a big button on it that says, don't press send. And I, I, there's nothing more true than that. That, you know, many times you can have bad ideas about things and, you know, okay, uh, maybe I don't say something about it. All right. All right. And, and, but the minute you want to you wanna be out there in the world, and, and this is where, you know, athletes, I think, failed to understand what social media was going to become. You know, when social media first started, so many athletes stood up and said, this is where we get our messages unfiltered to the fans, right? right. We don't have the media twisting it on us. We don't have anybody. No, no, this is, we get our message right out to you. Blank you, evil media. This is, we're, we are, we're going to take your, you're not going to have jobs anymore because we're going to tweet stuff out. And now, where has social media come? Whenever we talk about it, it's because an athlete has said something that is either controversial or something like this, and it, it, it puts them in a light that they really don't want to be in. And and there's certain things to, to to be said that you didn't see how this was going to evolve over time. And when you are when you're in a situation where ah, I could say this for whatever reason, uh, you wind up like Deshaun Jackson. You know, I mean, the, the Rachel- I mean, the, the, the funniest part is like Howie Roseman's his boss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, have fun with that one, Howie Roseman. Right. Yeah. And well, I, well, look, Doug. I mean, look. I, I think a lot of people know, but not, but maybe not everybody knows. You know, I mean, you're Jewish. Yes. When, when you see something like that, you're, you, you, were you mad? Was your reaction? You were really pissed. Were you like, oh my? I'm, you said, you know, look, Deshaun Jackson's not very smart. Were you want to just dismiss it and move on? Like, well, like, where are you when you see something like this? I just, I, I think, in many ways, uh, Twitter is like booze, right? Bo- like, like booze. Um, when, when you drink, what is, how do you, are you sleepy? Are you silly? Are do you, do you get in fights? Like well, what happens when you drink? Oh, uh, I get happy. Okay. So you're happy. I'm, you're I'm, a, you're yeah. a happy guy. I talk right? even more than I do, uh, when I'm not drinking. Right. Which is so, insane. Happy, happy, drunk, happy guy. Yeah. And that's generally the belief. Twitter's like that where Twitter kind of exposes ultimately who you are. Uh, me, I'm, I'm sarcastic I'm also I I I when it comes to like real thought I try to be kind of common sense and I I do think that there's there's other ways of looking at it of 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 I try to have open I'm open to all perspectives or whatever but Wait, this is gener- what you're drinking or this is normal? No, this is Which Twitter oh, okay. Twitter and normal, right? Like okay, I, it right. just it's amplified. Like okay. Deshaun Jackson just exposed who he is, which I would say, you know, 
I mean, look, black people can feel how they feel about how America and the world has treated them. And um, I would say that in many ways, Jewish people have felt like we've, you know, throughout time, the the problems of the world have been pushed on the on the Jews. And, you know, I, I we, we get blamed for anybody's anybody's problems that was somehow, you know, when you when you're three percent of the population, yet you make a substantial amount of the wealth percentage wise in the country that you get blamed for for financial success. And I would say that, you know, the, the, the pushback has always been from anybody I've talked to is like, look, Jewish culture is 100 percent literate culture. It's one where parents push their kids towards education. And I frankly think that all races should like if you want to lift up your your race or your religion, the best way to do so is much like, you know, the the highest in terms of race and Jewish people aren't considered a race in the country, but race Asian people make the most per capita. Right. Why? Because two parents in the home, a lot of times grandparents in the home, and they push their kids towards not just majors that make more money, but also towards education. And, you know, that that would be my explanation for why Jewish people do so well financially. It's not through any sort of, are there bad Jewish people? Of course. Are there racist Jewish people? Of course. Not a lot of them, I hope, considering the the racism and anti-Semitism that they've seen. And I, I don't think all black people are racist, but I do think there are racist black people or there are anti-Semitic black people. And, and, and you know, if, if you're willing to accept that there are racist white people, which I'm willing to accept, you have to accept that there are racist black people. Now, ha- has this been instigated because somebody was done wrong over time? I'm sure. I'm sure. But that, when I see it, I just say Deshaun Jackson, um, you know, I, I just don't think he's I don't think you're very. No, you're, you can't tell me you're a smart human being if <laughs> if you post that. You don't. The second you post anything quoting Hitler, and like you said, and by now you post something you, that quotes Hitler, you, you're not very smart. You know what people's reaction is going to be, and it's probably how you really feel. And th- th- that's that part's not a surprise to me. Yeah, no, you show who you are when you're quoting Hitler. I mean, really, that 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 kind of shows who you are. And it, you know, the the part of this though, you mentioned Riley Cooper, and and part of this is. The, you know, Deshaun Jackson, obviously, to me, is someone who spends a lot of time having race conversations. And I was always really surprised. I remember when the Riley Cooper thing happened uh, on my show I had on Akbar Bajbi Amila, you know, former NFL or star of American Ninja Warrior. And we talked about this. And I said, you know, using language like this, he goes, well, he goes, you'd be surprised. He goes, the, the stuff that gets thrown around the locker room in jest between teammates, that's part of, you know, our brotherhood. There's race stuff that gets thrown around all the time. And there's racist words that are said back and forth. And it's, you know, it, it, it just happens that way. And, and that's just, but that's, that's the, the, you know, the closed atmosphere of what we have as a team. So what, uh, you know, when I hear yes, that, yes. I, can, I can see how, I can see where things like this wind up getting blown up and put on social media because I have this conversation. You know, we, 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 you know, we have conversations like this in the locker room for whatever reason, and so I'm saying it, and I'm going to put it up on social media. Well, all right, you know, that's, that's really, that, that, and that's where it gets from one part of the story to the next. So I can, I can, I can see how this happens, but, at, at the, you know, I, I look at this and go, how do you think that, you know, you go from whatever conversation you're having in life to I'm going to put this up on, on, on social yeah, media and make I, sure – I don't get it. Look, I agree with you. The locker room, generally, there are race jokes. There, there, at least, you know, again, maybe times have changed now. There are jokes, sexual jokes, sexual orientation jokes. You know, I mean, I, I remember things that something Kobe Bryant said 
where, you know, he had to apologize for. And I think people outside the world of basketball take it at face value, whereas it's it's just a it's a different language inside the the confines of of a sport. Okay. So I I do understand that. Um this strikes me like honestly, I think there's a lot of people who don't know anything about Judaism. They just they just don't. I, I like I that's the Hitler quote's a fake quote anyway, and that's where I'm like it it to post a Hitler quote is dumb. To post a ha- fake Hitler quote is even more dumb. And then uh and, and then to not understand what you're posting is equal parts dumb. You know, look, the average average IQ is just as close to 80 as it is to 120. So not everybody is a magnum cum laude. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Doug at Gottlieb Show, Jason Smith and Doug Gottlieb in for Dan Patrick today. Again, this story, uh, pretty new. We'll keep following it as it envelops and, and develops uh, throughout the day for Eagles wide out to Sean Jackson. Uh, but coming up next, we got Denny Hamlin, NASCAR driver. He's going to stop by a big last 24 hours in NASCAR when it comes to the Bubba Wallace controversy, Confederate flag. You got to listen. Keep it right here. This is Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Fox Sports Radio, the Dan Patrick Show. Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Danettes today. We got Denny Hamlin coming up in a few minutes with us. Uh, So keep it right here on Fox Sports Radio as NASCAR, the National Football League, Major League Baseball now trying to figure out how to deal with the latest tweets from President Donald Trump. It was a day ago uh, that he questioned the validity of the Bubba Wallace story and wanted uh, Bubba Wallace to apologize for the NASCAR hoax of the noose in his garage, saying that that and the flag situation, banning the Confederate flag, resulted in low ratings for NASCAR. He went on to talk about how the Indians and Redskins nicknames, which uh, were initially made to show strength, should stay nicknames. He went on to reference Elizabeth Warren, and you know, and we're off to the races. You know, Doug, with, with this last these tweets the last uh, 24 hours or so. When you and I talked about this yesterday, we said, listen, the best thing to do is to ignore this and and just move on because the NFL, if they could do it over again from 2017, they certainly would say, you know what, we're not going to just start getting scattered because President Trump is tweeting about kneeling football players and Colin Kaepernick. The best thing to do would be to ignore it because, as, as we said, look, there's political stuff and this is something that you can't win. Right. And notice that the difference in the responses so far is that when this happened, Redskins, you know, the NFL, really, no one really said anything. You know, it's like, all right, we've done this before. We've been through this. Roger Goodell put the moment of unity out there saying that we blew it last time. Let's go forward together. And NASCAR had a bunch of drivers who responded to this because this is something brand new for them. And, the, you know, and we talked about saying, hey, you know, be ahead of things and, and, and just move on because you, you can't win this battle that, that's going to go on if you're going to continually to engage this. Yeah, I, I, look, I don't think you have to go full on frontal assault. I would guess that the NFL stance changed. Uh, one, they, they didn't want to go against their players. And two, uh, my guess is that they feel like Trump's done in November anyway. And you want to be on the right side of this thing, right? Like, um, I just, you know, it's, it's interesting where the exact same tweet about a similar situation two or three years later can be received completely differently and it's it's knowing the room knowing the temperature of the country 
he he hasn't changed. This is who he is. And I actually would give him credit for like, you know, you know who you are, know how you got your job, you know, you dance with the date that brung you. Right. This is how he got his gig was in in a time in which in a job in which is generally seen as a unifying job. He has won based upon being polarizing. Right. That That's mm-hmm. basically what it was. He he won by dividing the country and his side showed up more in the places that it was important, more so than the other side. And look, he, he didn't win. He won basically by 70,000 votes and, you know, in, in the states that mattered. So I, th- this is but the, the, the country has changed our how we receive his tweets have changed, how we view our own progression has changed. And that's why I think the response has changed. Um, I, I don't think I and I do think a portion of it is, hey, that guy's not gonna be there for long anyway. Let's 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 not act like he matters once, uh, you know, once once we get to November 5th or so. If this happened now for the first time instead of, you know, three years ago, would the NFL, you think they would still get involved? Would this be the same response that we've seen from them as like, listen, the president, we, we learned our lesson last time. I get it. But if this happened now in the way we are now in society, what, what, what we've gone through the past few years, is the NFL's reaction different or do they still go, whoa, the president's involved and players go back and forth and still becomes a big deal it was in 2017? I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't know um, if it's a different president. I don't know if it's a different message. I don't know. Uh, if it's a different messenger in terms of Kaepernick, no, no, I, I, all of these things, you know, we, we can't, I, I can't really tell you, I can only take the, I, I do think context of time does, does in fact matter. Um, so I don't know, cause I was in New York when Eric Garner was killed and it began, you know, the, that was the first, I can't breathe you know, marches. And that, that was the first time that NBA players really became politically involved. I mean, really ever since, or maybe not ever since Vietnam and, you know, um, you know, some of the protest marches that Bill Walton was a part of, that Kareem was a part of, et cetera. But I don't know how it would be. I mean, I'm sure it would be different, but I, I don't know what the response would be. You know, I, I think there's a, there was, cause there was also a lot of factors in how the country changed. Like, look, we were under quarantine. And so you had people with a ton of pent up emotion. You had this, these stories spread anyway, when there's video and cell phone video obviously spreads a lot more, but then you also had cell phone video that spreads on social media. And so all of those things kind of change it. And then you factor in people have been quarantined. So now they get out and you have a small percentage of people start destroying stuff as well. Like all of this context and time does matter. Fox Sports Radio, the Dan Patrick Show, Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Dan today. Joining us now on the hotline, NASCAR driver, Denny Hamlin. Denny, good morning. Thanks for stopping by with us. Appreciate it. Thank you. So uh, tell me your reaction yesterday. Obviously, I'm sure you were taken by surprise. You saw President Trump's tweet about uh, Bubba Wallace, NASCAR, the flag controversy. What was your reaction when you when you saw it? You know, I just kind of a sigh. Um, that was about it. Um, you know, I was busy at the race shop, just kind of debriefing from uh, our past uh, race, and just kind of thinking about Kentucky going forward this weekend. But you know, I really didn't have a particular reaction, I guess you could say, uh, from it. You know, I kind of stayed out of it. And, um, you know, I think that uh, everything that, that the industry has, has said 
few weeks, you know, still rings true. Denny, what has this been like for you? What, what has, you know, racing when some of the world, some of the country is still under different phases of quarantine, uh, you know, uh, plus some of the, you know, the, the political movements in the country, what's it been like for you and your race team? You know, we've tried our best to keep the distractions uh, as far away as possible and, you know, to continue to focus on our process and our process to prepare for races, our process uh, once we get to the racetrack and our process when we leave the racetrack. And that's essentially kind of where I feel like we've been so strong and, and why we've been so good is, is we, we have, have kept ourselves sheltered from that stuff and, and uh, it, it's kind of equated to a lot of on-track success. It's been a big last couple of weeks, obviously, with the Confederate flag situation no longer being welcome at NASCAR races. We still see it being flown outside, and, and now with the Bubba Wallace story. What have you, you know, just, just kind of put into words for us a bit of what these last two to three weeks have been like for you, going from what the sport was before to now where you are now, considering what's gone on? Well, I think, you know, with everything that went on in our country, um, with the George Floyd situation and, and others, uh, I, I think that it just brought a heightened awareness. And what it had done is, you know, the, the Confederate flag and, and other issues that you speak of have been thought about and talked about within our sport for, for many, many years. And with with everything that has gone on and, and us trying to be as inclusive as we can to everyone, I, it just became the right time to make the change. Um, it, it, it's unfortunate that, you know, it, it took lost lives for, for people to really stand up and start making differences. But, you know, that's to me, in my opinion, that's what George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, and all, that's what their legacy is going to be, is they, they made true change uh, in our country. And so, you know, for me personally, I mean, it had an effect went to the National Civil Rights Museum uh, voluntarily to just kind of, listen, my, my promise was is that uh, I was going to listen. And, and for me, I, I wanted to listen by going and, and actually putting action behind it. And so uh, at Talladega just a few weeks ago, we had the National Civil Rights Museum on the car after I went and visited there. Um, and, and I, you know, listen, it, it really uh, educated me on, you know, America's history. And, and I encourage people to still if you can go back there when they reopen, please do because it's it's, it's great information for everyone to go see and, and have. It is. It is. I've been there, Denny. It's it's powerful. I mean, you feel you can, you just can't believe like this is the this is our country, right? Like this, it's it really to to and I would and I don't know, you know, your background. Like, look, I, I grew up in Southern California. I just cannot believe. That's the same country we live in now. As as disturbing as the poli- the video, the George Floyd video is, like those images and the videos at that museum, I don't know. My, my take, I just, I was in many ways ashamed of the his- some of the history of our country. Yeah, and and listen, it's 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 realistic to think that you know the issues that that the country's had over the last few months will have a, a, a piece of that museum because each piece of that museum has created some sort of movement in the right direction. And so I think that um, as tragic as it is, it, it's also likely to save thousands of lives going forward. And, and so I think that um, it, it's 
it was, like you said, very eye-opening, very humbling from my perspective because, you know, I think of our country as, hey, we are, we're as diverse, we're more diverse than anyone, anyone in, in the world. But, you know, you still see some of the struggles that, that people have that, you know, me or you will never be able to relate to. And, and it just gave us a little bit of a, uh, a sense of what that is. Denny Hamlin joining us here on the Dan Patrick Show along with uh, Jason Smith. I'm Doug Gottlieb. Uh, what happened in turn one? <laughs> it was uh, it's one I care to forget. I mean, you know, I, I think about, you know, there's three things in my career that I have not accomplished that are, you know, big moments. And, and one being you know, the championship overall, which is just, you know, a one-race thing now. I, I've got the Brickyard 400 and the Coke 600. And just in the last, you know, honestly, in the last eight months, I've had them all slip away for things that I can't control. And that's so frustrating as, as an athlete to think that you can't control the outcome or, or the result for what the work that you put in. Uh, it was, you know, a piece of tape took away our chance at the, uh, during a pit stop, a piece of tape took our chance away at the championship. The, the Coke 600 just a few weeks ago, we, you know, the ledge fell out of the car right on the first lap. Uh, I can't help that, you know, and, and then, then I'm leaving the Brookyard 400 and the tire blows just seven laps to go. So it's just been a very tough one as far as that's concerned, and, and hopefully we can bounce back like we have all year and, and just go out and win the next one. You know, you tweeted out how gutted you are, how it hurt on so many levels. You're trying to win the Brickyard for so How long does a race like that stay with you before you can, you know, put it out of your mind and, and, and move on? Or does it always just stay there in the back of your mind? It, it's usually a, a Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, somewhere in that range. I mean, Monday you got to relive it again because you got to go to the race shop. you got to talk about it. you got to figure out, okay, what could we do different? Uh, that whole debrief and then, you know, Tuesday, you start to kind of turn the corner on. Let's start thinking about the, the next race that, that's going to happen and what we can do to uh, to be better. So uh, I'm almost there. And then you know, today I've got you know a host of interviews, so I got to kind of relive it. <laughs> yes, sorry, but then, listen, listen, it's like going back over game film. Like we we got to watch it. Okay, so uh, Greg Stucker, who's the Goodyear Racing Director, said that it was a tire pressure issue. You know, and that we told that we told the crews that there's no practice, so you can be mindful of the heat, the tire pressure changes. Um, what, what would your be response to Goodyear saying, hey, this is about tire pressure? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's like 5% of the issue. I, I think that ours was related to, honestly, we were too fast. We were, our, our car was too fast in the corners, so it put more load on the tire than what it was capable of handling. And so... It's a little disappointing that it still can't make a fuel run. I mean, all, your, your tires should be able to run as long as your your car can take a tank of fuel, which is 40 laps. Uh, we blew that tire uh, with 26 laps on our tires. So it's just that, you know, that's, I guarantee they won't go back with the same tire, and that's, that, that'll that show you right there that they believe that their, their tire was not good enough uh, for, for, for the race that we had. Hey, Denny, overall, what's it been? Obviously, the world has been different with racing, with coronavirus and not being as many fans and racing the, the way it's been. What's that whole experience been like for you going through this, the restart, getting back to where you guys are now? 
you know, everyone has just adapted and adapted well. And, and I think that, you know, that's something that I think that the reason we've had success with our FedEx team is that we, uh, I, I think we've kept our process the same no matter whether it's been practice or no practice, whether you can go to the shop or you, or you can't. Like, the communication has stayed the same. So we've really done a good job of uh, keeping that process the same. And that's, that's, in my mind, why we're having the success that we're having. One good thing that's come, like, look, there are some good things that come out of this with the lack of fans and lack of people around. Is there one good thing from some of these protocols that even when people come back, you'd like to see stay in place? Well, I think that you've seen the, the lack of, you know, practice. I'm not sure that that will ever, you know, I don't think we'll ever be at a venue for three days again. Um, I just think that that's really, really tough for the team financially. Uh, they've got hotel rooms. They've got, I mean, just so many expenses. Each set of tires that we burn through is probably $2,500. And we burn through three or four of those during practice. I think that, you know, the social distancing thing um, will remain intact. I don't see it going anywhere until there's probably a vaccine, which who knows when that will be. Um, but you know, things have, I don't know what the new normal is going to be, but I think the world and the society as a whole is going to have a new normal, um, as a whole, you know, everyone's workspace is going to be different, um, including ours. And so I don't know what that's going to look like, but it certainly is. I don't believe we'll ever go back to the way it was. You can follow him on Twitter at Denny Hamlin. That is at Denny Hamlin, tied for most wins this year on the circuit. Denny, thanks so much for stopping by with us. Really appreciate all your time. Best of luck rest of the way. Look forward to talking to you again. All right, guys. See you. Thank you. All right. Hey, great stuff there from Denny Hamlin. Look, to, to kind of work backwards on the interview here a little bit, uh, you know, the part at the end there saying, hey, things are never going to be the same again in our sport. Things are going to change forever. You know, and some of it we got a little bit yesterday. You know, David Vasse of the Dodgers, Dodgers insider from AM570 here in L.A. joined us and said, listen, we're doing all our interviews via Zoom with players, and you wonder if that's going to be something that turns out to be the norm after this, is that, you know, hey, players say, hey, this worked well, just being able to do this via Zoom and not having to have guys come in the locker room all the time, and maybe we're not going to be allowed in the locker room anymore. And here's Denny Hamlin saying, listen, NASCAR's not going to be – these are changes, some of this stuff that's just going to happen that they've hit on, you know, because of the way they've had to adapt to COVID-19. Yeah, listen, I, I thought uh... – but by by the way, he handled the he the his Goodyear answer was really really good. But yes, I, look, I I do think whether it's you know going for walks, um, you know, or how we watch TV, uh, you know, different businesses have emerged. I, I do think there are things that are going to come out of this that are really really good. You know, like I don't know, you start cra- like I've started reading books because I'm kind of done. I've gone through the whole Netflix, and I know there's a couple people texting me some new shows. But like you go through the different, you know, the the different things, you know, different uh, times, things that you do when you don't have sports on TV when it's such a big part of your life. And I'm just fascinated by within the sport, uh, what what actually happens, you know. And it's kind of like we talked about with baseball. Do you really need to have to travel cross country for all these series? You yeah. know, why why don't you just why don't you adapt? Why don't you ad- adjust? Why do you have to hop on a private plane? Like one of the things that a lot of 
you know, college football and basketball teams are going to do is probably take buses to games, especially if they go conference only. Now, these conferences are gigantic, but they'll do so in the name of safety, but also in the name of saving money. And you start to realize that buses are way better than they used to be 20, 30 years ago. You know, you're on the you're on the Internet anyway. You can be on Wi-Fi. You can be on your devices. You don't know how long you're going. So there, there's lots of different things that are going to come out of this, which are actually good things. You know, and, and his story about the museum he went to go see, and you guys had, had a great have you been? interaction. No, I have not. Uh, yes. I mean, it's it's uh, oof, it's a lot. But go ahead. Well, any, any time, and, and listen, Denny Hamlin gave the answers and talked about how things should be. Listen, I want to move on and race. We want to move on and race. But I know I need to understand and learn. And you can just tell in his voice what the, the shocking things that he learned. Oh, and, and, you know, you talked about it as well. There are certain times when you do something like that, visiting a museum like that, that will really bring it home to you in a way that no other way can. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it's, in, it's in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, it's actually you know, the, Lorraine, um, the Lorraine Motel that, uh, that Martin Luther King Jr. was shot in is the room is still intact. And the hotel is connected to this museum. How they did it was amazing. And but you walk in and like, look, of the museums I think you should go to is you should go to the National Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. There's one in Israel. I mean, all of them whoo, hard. I mean, those those are hard walks. And this one is you just, you know, you can't. I mean, my my brain just doesn't function that way. You know, I was I just my, my dad was a, a basketball coach and my my friends were from all nationalities and all races. And I had no idea. Like I'd seen movies on it, whatever. And I, you know, like, but then you start to, you know, hear some of the rhetoric that was on the radio or on the TV. You, it's, it's something that needs to be done. I, I, I will point out, and it's really, really important to me is I have heard and read a lot of people say, you know, uh, we, we haven't changed. We haven't evolved. Like that's not true. And that's not fair. It doesn't mean that we're where we're supposed to be, but go into that museum, you'll be appalled, walk out of that museum, and you'll say, well, a lot of things have changed. Not perfect, not where we should be, but on the, on the right path. And, but you, it's in Memphis, Tennessee, and it's absolutely fabulously done. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, there's a couple of times in my life, now I haven't been there, but when I went to Europe, my wife and I went to Europe uh, a few years ago, and we went to Anne Frank's house. And it was, you walk in and everybody is quiet. Everybody is silent. It's so heavy. You're walking in the same rooms that Anne Frank and her family lived in as they hid, uh, you know, in World War II. And it just, it blows you away and you start thinking of things on, on a much bigger level. Because I, when I was a kid, I'd read the diary of Anne Frank and you get it, and I understood everything. But you go to a place like that and you go, you're like, oh my God, I'm here. I'm here. This is where it happened. And it, and it brings you different kinds of enlightenment. Enlightenment and 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 you makes you think about things differently. And we, we went to a uh, a World War II museum in in Paris, and we, we walked in and we walked out, and my wife and I looked at each other, and it was like, uh, boy, the the view of the United States in World War II was really different because the it was basically France. This museum in Paris was it, it, the the they equated the help that the United States gave them in World War II to like we gave them a ride to the airport. 
You know, it's like, here's all these things with Charles de Gaulle, and then with some help from the United States, hey, France is able to win World War II. I was like, well, that's different. I, 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 didn't, I didn't really get that part of it. But, it's, you know, you, you go to – when you visit places like this, and, and it, it just gives you a different way of thinking. And, and, you know, hearing Denny Hamlin mention that, you could just hear it in his voice. I mean, there, there are certain ways you – but you could hear that I, I'm still thinking about this in his voice. I can still hear it in your voice talking about the museum and visit. I can hear, you know, how, how you're kind yeah. of reliving it as you're telling me that story at the same time. Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Danettes. All right, coming up next, Jason, I'm going to hit you with, I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory, but a thought as we get ready for the NBA bubble, what I think they will stop doing once we get towards conference finals time. That's next. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Fox Sports Radio, the Dan Patrick Show, Jason Smith and Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Danettes today. And Doug, you know, you've been hot on this for the last hour plus. Yes. You you kind it's kind of conspiracy level. Kind of conspiracy yeah, I mean, are there any right conspiracy now? theories that you believe? Like okay. like JFK, uh, lone gunman. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. No, okay. I'm asking you a question. JFK. Uh, oh, okay. yeah, sure. I believe lone gunman. Yeah. Okay. Um, moon landing, real? Oh, sure. Moon landing's real. Okay. I mean, I mean yeah. Coronavirus. It was it a five G creation? <laughs> no, I don't think coronavirus was created in the lab. Yeah. Oh no, I, I meant there's also people that think it's a. Something having to do with 5G technology, but even though it's in 120 countries and 5G, oh, oh, five. oh, I see. Yes, yes. The the, the phone, no, I, I I'm not believing that. And the world is also round. Okay, um, I'll, I'll give you that. But there are some conspiracy theories I, I I I do agree with. Those ones that you just happen to give me the examples of, I I don't. Give me one that you believe in. Uh, do I believe what's a good conspiracy theory? I believe. Um. Do I believe that Michael Jordan gambled? Yes, I believe. No, uh, no, I, I, I believe things that are in in the realm of if you want to take a sports analogy for it, you want to take a sports thing for it. Like, do I believe that there are certain things that are done to protect teams uh, when you know, like, like for instance, the Patriots and Spygate? Uh, how the, the evidence that Roger Goodell destroyed probably would have been enough to ban the Patriots from the National Football League. Even though, well, it was, it was a, I, I think it was, but he did that to protect the NFL. And I believe that he did, he did so just to do that because he knew the reality was going to be too bad for it. So certain things like that, I'll believe. Okay. Um, look, I, I think the NBA will have legit testing. Legit testing. Um, you know, under quarantine, when players first arrive, which the teams are arriving. But I don't believe... I don't believe that they will be testing their stars once we get to the Eastern Western Conference Finals. Like, mm. just can you can you imagine? Like, especially the, the chances that they're sick or they're not sick. You know, a guy gets sick in the Conference Finals, and you know he has flu-like symptoms, and he just kind of plays through it. I, I, you know, it's and this is a I have no factual basis for this. This is just me thinking. Do they really, really want to test and have one of their stars po- test positive, especially in a star-driven sport like that? Oh, no, that I'll believe. I'll believe that in a second. I believe, and, and they'll be able to say, what's the plausible deniability we can have if it does get out, 
right? Because we're going to test all the way through. We'll test through the early rounds of the playoffs. But we get to that point where the last thing you want to see, hey, here come Lakers and Clippers. But, of course, no Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James tonight as they have to sit out, uh, you know, with – Nobody wants that. So I can see where it's, well, we tested for the longest time. Oh, we just happened didn't to get this one in. And maybe some of the players give a wink and a nod and they go, yeah, we're okay. We want to play. We want to play this series. Test me at the end. You know, test me now. You know, everything's good. I'm good. Test me at the end or, you know, when you need to. And I can see that happening unless something winds up being where they can't keep a lid on it, which would get really, really messy for the NBA. But hey, I've been in situations before where people think they can control messages, and I'm sure the NBA thinks in that bubble they can control everything. Yeah, I just, I, I can't see a way in which you're going to have, like the, during the NBA finals, like, well, you know, we tested LeBron James, and he's, you know, or Giannis Antetokounmpo. I, I just don't see that, I don't see that happening. Don't yeah, it's it's, it's going to be, it's, this is going to be such a, a, it's going to be fascinating just to see how it unfolds. And, uh, you know, early on, you're going to see the teams that are ready to go home. That is, I'm here and we're like, we know we're not winning a championship because, look, in the NBA, you don't show up as an eight seed and get all the way to the final. It's not just the eight seeds. Remember, they have 22 teams there, you know, uh, that all those teams not make the playoffs. So I agree with you. Right. When you start that, you earn a championship in the NBA more than any other sport because you can't just get hot and win a title like you can in baseball and the NFL. You can get hot at the right time and win. You can't just get hot and go through all those rounds of playoffs. I mean, you, we, we get the best team in the NBA every single season. So you're going to see some teams go, listen, the lower-seeded teams, we're ready, we're done, we're ready to go home. But when, when you get to that big part of it now, and I think that's where we're really going to, uh, you know, in, in that conspiracy theory time, that's where the NBA is really going to come through and things will seem normal. I think that when you get to the conference finals and it's Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, Raptors, Bucks, whatever it turns out to be. This is where everything is going to be pushed back. And it's going to be, I don't want to hear about coronavirus. I don't want to hear about anything else. Here's where we expected to be for the longest time. Because look, from opening night last year, what do we expect to see? Lakers or Clippers and the Milwaukee Bucks. And, and that, you know, when we are this close to it, we're going to have blinders on and say, just give me the basketball now. Give me, we, we've done it. We've gone through it. You're obviously still playing and things are working, but give me the basketball. And that feeds into, into your theory because I don't think fans really are going to say at that point, because right now, we don't, oh, we want to know what's going on. Give me everything. Tell me. Let me see the positive tests. But at that point, it's going to be, hey, we've been playing. I want to see the conference finals. I want to see the NBA finals. No question. And you're going to be competing against uh, the NFL. And college football, we, th- we think, and Major League Baseball, and the last thing you want is one of your star players to test positive. That's why my belief is that it's not that they'll hide the test results. It's that they'll find a way to, hey, we're just going to take your temperature and only test you if you pop up with a, with a high temp. Oof. I'll tell you, if I did what does the Fox say on my show at night, I would use that tonight. I would use your, I, I would use that tape. Would it be weird I if I that. used it on my, on my show? <laughs> no, me that would be quoting awesome. me? <laughs> Here, let's take a listen to what Doug Gottlieb said earlier today. Absolutely. Hey, we got two big stories from the NFL coming up next to Sean Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. This is Fox.